My name's Belinda Aramity. Learn how to build a personal brand that sells. And you're listening to the Cut to the Chase podcast. Stepping out beyond boundaries takes courage and the ability to dream. We are excited to share our new audio podcast called Cut to the Chase. The structure of this podcast embodies open dialogue with friends, family, and professional colleagues talking about things that impact our ability to thrive. We hope that you will join our unscripted, unbridled podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Cut to the Chase. Now, everybody's going, wait a minute. Welcome to another episode of Cut to the Chase. I'm going to say to my listeners today, today is going to be somewhat unique. It's going to be authentic. It's going to be special. It's going to be the big bang. And you're probably going, well, Greg, why is that? Well, today we are recording our 100th episode. That's right, people, 100th episode. And I've got a dear friend of mine that I've brought to the program today, which is going to really kind of shape this 100th episode into something that is going to be so unique so raw, so genuine that I think everyone's going to have a great time listening to us talk. And of course, our banter, because I mean, I think she's just a special lady. And when I introduce her to you guys, you guys can be like, oh my God. But anyway, today's episode is going to be entitled The Wisdom Whisperer. I know everybody's going, Greg, you got another crazy title going. I don't know where you're going to go with this, but my God, let's hang on. Let's hang on tight. So anyway, I'm going to open up with a quote that I found, and I think it's going to help kind of ground the title of the Wisdom Whisperer. Your soul is a part of you that listens because it knows what it feels like to be heard. And it also, or excuse me, and to it also not to be heard. Hence, the Wisdom Whisperer. So now I'm going to go into introducing our featured guest. But before I do that, there's just so many great things about her. And I gleaned some information off of her website. And basically, it really stood out to me. And it goes like this. It says, it's a time for you to stop trying to do it all on your own. It's time for you to step into your own power grow your own personal life, your business, your path, your journey on your terms and enlighten the superpower talent that is blessed within each one of you. It's time for you to have that unshakable confidence that comes from taking deliberation and daily actions. Now, I tell you, the person that says that has to have wisdom, right? They have to be the person that that really kind of taps into your soul. The person that has a quality of experience and knowledge and good judgment of being wise. And so my featured guest is probably going to kill me because I'm going to really, as my guys say, drum roll, please. I'm going to really highlight who she is and how special she is. Our featured guest today 
is a smart mouth, hard focused cell, personal branding expert with over 10 years of experience. She's on a mission to change the way we sell to one another by teaching others how to harness the power of personal brand. Also selling, she helps entrepreneurs claim their space in the industry niche so they can grow their, grow their business and their confidence. She left a corporate sales job in basically 2018 where she wanted to have more control of her life and her career. However, she was making good money, but at the time she had no personal time for herself. She wanted to build a business that served her life and not have her life serve a business. Now she helps people proudly and confidently take up the space in their industry so they can see the qualified expert that they are and so they can get the opportunities to basically secure the clients that they deserve. She helped people design their business to serve their life by looking into things like their systems and their processes and their pricing, just to name a few. She also teaches companies and entrepreneurs how to utilize LinkedIn to connect with clients, make more money, build strategies, professional relationships from strong personal brands that sell. Now, here's the big fact about our featured guest today. With over 1.5 million content views through her personal brand and her company, Fluence Consulting, is on a mission to change the way we sell to one another, as I've mentioned earlier. But she's combined her executive B2B sales, digital marketing experience, and has developed a framework for bringing influence, influencer style, marketing, branding strategies to a business-to-business sale process. Today, she has the pleasure of working with SBMs, enterprises, solo entrepreneurs, clients in developing their personal brand that sells. Hence the reason why we entitled the episode what we entitled it today. Because the next statement says her clients call her the entrepreneur, excuse me, the Oprah of sales. That's right, people, the Oprah of sales. She's been described as the Oprah of sales, someone who uses quiet wisdom to empower people, embody the power that is related inside of ourselves to harness the work and achieve the most positive outcome. And without further ado, Miss Belinda. Do you have any open remarks? <laughs> no. And you warned me. <laughs> I'm should should I pass anytime soon? I'm gonna put a note <laughs> to my husband. You need to go crazy. He needs to he's the one who needs to come and speak on my life. Thank you very much. <laughs> Those are my opening remarks. Thank you. I'm flattered isn't even the word. Um, but thank you. Thank you for capturing the essence of what I hope that uh, my mark will be on this earth. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we certainly are delighted to have you on our program. It's been long overdue. And I'm going to share with our listeners before we jump into the questions. Belinda has been someone that uh, her and I've kind of just We've really kind of made that connection on LinkedIn. We've always kind of engaged in each other's content. We've really been supportive of each other and really, you know, trying to critique our our growth and our framework and our development. And uh, I've always admired her with the wisdom that she brings. 
And so before we go too far into that story, we're going to dive into a few things here, which we're going to call cut to the chase. And we'd really like to talk about, so Belinda, how did this wisdom come about? Your journey as a child, when you grew up, were you always considered wise? (laughs) Uh, No, not at all. (laughs) I definitely grew up as, you know, I think a lot of kids grow up where it's you're you're seen and not necessarily heard. And I think that really lended to who I am as a person today because I pay a lot of attention to what is going on around me and observing and really listening and just paying attention to the quiet chatter um, to really see the pulse of what's going on. Uh, so if I were to attribute um, my childhood to anything really specifically, it would be that I saw a lot of things um, and I digested it, not really knowing what I was going to necessarily do with it. Um, So I would say that I probably was exposed to things that maybe other children weren't um, and just the way that it manifested into who I am as an adult allows me to have wisdom beyond my years uh, because I definitely feel I have an old soul. So maybe I'm a reincarnated carnated version of like Queen Elizabeth the <laughs> first. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. We appreciate you sharing that with us, you know, because a lot of people attribute kind of, uh, you know, wisdom spirit to, to, like you said, either like your elders are talking to you or that you have a gift. And a lot of times, at least from my upbringing, as I try to attribute a few things that I want to bring forth in our dialogue today is I attribute like a lot of my wisdom in, like you said, being a part of an environment where, you know, you really had no choice. I mean, you you were always, you know, kind of absorbing a lot of the things that were going on. And in my case, I grew up in in the southern part of the U.S. in the state of Mississippi. And when I would go to the barbershop with my dad, that was like taking on just an infuse of wisdom with all of these old gentlemen talking about everything in life. And I was just like, you'd walk out of there. You, you, you just, you've gone from A to Z in the encyclopedia, you know, and a lot of people going, what is that? The encyclopedia, that's a old index of books that you used to utilize before <laughs> the internet, you know, I had before one the of those. Came along. They were huge. Exactly. Exactly. You know, huge, heavy, you know, I mean, they took up a whole bookshelf, you know, but, uh, but yeah, for me, that's kind of where I attributed a lot of my, uh, youth, uh, youthful wisdom that I gathered because it, you know, you really learn kind of the do's and the don'ts of, of life, you know, and, and listening those through those stories through others. And so at what point in your, uh, growth stint, were you able to attribute that you had this significant gift to kind of really understand and comprehend and then attribute that to be able to kind of cast that out into the world. Was that like in your teens or were you in school? I mean, university kind of where did you start to discover that you had some uniqueness about you? Mm, It's funny. No one has ever asked me that question, but as soon as you asked it, a moment popped into my head. And so it was the year after I graduated from school and I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have a job and I 
you know, I actually ended up taking on a job selling energy price protection plans door to door. It was a horrible job. I hated it. And I didn't last very long. But there was one house that I went to and a gentleman opened the door and he had his daughter in his hands and the little girl, she was so sweet. She was probably two years old. Um, And something instinctually told me that if I'm going to get his attention, so the dad, I'm going to need to get through this little girl first. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. just something in me said, you know, hi, sweetie. Oh my gosh, you are just the sweetest. And I said, is it okay if I talk to your dad for a couple of minutes? And this is me in my early twenties. And she gave me permission to speak to her Mm -hmm. dad. And I'm like, thank you so much. And so Mm -hmm. I said hi to the gentleman and I went into my whole spiel. um, And he said to me, I never buy anything door to door. And he's like, but you've got some good sales instincts in you. So he's like, take my Mm -hmm. card if you ever decide to change career paths. Mm -hmm. So I take his card and I didn't really do anything with it. And then a couple months later, I was like, okay, this whole door to door thing is just not working for me. I'm going to shoot my shot with this guy and see like, what's the sales thing, you know, that he wants Mm -hmm. me to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, through the interview process, he said, you know what? He's like, you have a really good instinct to you for you to have known at the door that my fussy daughter was going to be the key to you calming her down was going to be the key to you being able to have your two minutes to explain to me whatever you wanted shows me that you've you've got those, some good natural instincts to you. And ever since mm-hmm. then, I've just noticed that I tend to pick up on situations around me and I'm a very empathetic person as well. So um, I think it was from that moment, you know, when I was, you know, just, just over 20 years old, um, when I realized that, you know, there's something, that little voice inside of me, when I don't ignore it, um, it normally leads me down the right path that I need to be going. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, for me, I, I, I think I call that my, uh, my intuition and sometimes it leads me wrong. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, Maybe uh, your intuition is leading you to a quote unquote wrong situation because there's a lesson that you have to learn. And the only way you're going to learn it is going through, you know, that quote unquote wrong situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree with you more on that. You know, kind of a, a classic story on that intuition is like right after we did the first season of Cut to the Chase, you know, we had 25 episodes recorded. And then the next next season, we decided, hey, why don't we figure out how we can get all 25 seasons into five days? Well, my intuition <laughs> and my heart and everything was like, OK, yeah, we can record 25 episodes in five days. Of course, I didn't realize that I would be working around the clock. My team would be working around the clock. And at the end of the week, everybody's like, you know what? We're all going to find new jobs, you know? So, <laughs> <laughs> so it was rather, it was rather interesting, you know, that uh, it was, it was something to kind of, kind of get us ahead of the curve as a, as a growing brand, but also, you know, it, it kind of somewhat backfired. I, I won't say completely backfired, you know, people still love me here in the, in the studio, but uh, you know, Everyone didn't have the same uh, buy-in to to the notion of hey, we can all do this in five days. So, uh, so it would have been uh, 
much wiser for me probably to check with my entire team versus saying, all right, we're going to start recording. Let's go. Get everybody on schedule. (laughs) (laughs) But I guess that's the lesson, right? That sometimes we have to get the egg on our face for us to be like, okay, tried that. (laughs) I'm going to try it again. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, you said at the age of 20, you got into sales, you were doing door to door sales. And then eventually, so so kind of curious, uh, fast track this a little bit from the time that you sat down with the gentleman. He gave you, you know, kind of his take that you have this this instinct about sales, and you know, you were great at understanding, you know, the dynamics of of situations. So where did that lead to next? Mm-hmm. So it's it's interesting because. When I started at that company, I ended up being the youngest person that they had ever hired on as a sales rep in Mm -hmm. the country. And so I had a lot to prove. I know that my boss's boss didn't think it was a good idea to hire me on. He felt I was too green and that I wouldn't have, you know, the cojones, so to speak, to to Mm -hmm. last in their particular industry. And so my boss let me know and I appreciated it because I used it as fire within me to make sure that I didn't not just let myself down, but I didn't let my boss down because I understood Mm -hmm. that he was taking a chance on me. And I was like, well, Mm -hmm. if he believes in me, then I for sure am going to make sure that I don't let him down. And I didn't. And so from there, you know, I spent little over 18 months at that company. And then I wanted to make more money. So a lot of my career jumps happened because I wanted to make more money until I started my company when it was, you know, I need time. And so I made the jump from what I was selling before, which was uniforms. And so, you know, chef coats, the the Mm -hmm. jumpsuits that mechanics wear. And then I got into software and I sold um, learning management systems to banks and credit unions. Now, I was selling during the financial crisis when banks and credit Mm -hmm. unions were all falling apart um, in the United States. And so um, I had to learn at that point, again, just leaning on my skills of really listening and paying attention to what someone is saying to you. And I think that, you know, why I love what it is that I do is that I truly believe that in everything that we're doing, we're trying to sell someone something. If you think of a couple who's trying to decide if they're going to go to Cuba or to the Dominican Republic for a vacation, each side is coming to the table with their arguments and they're trying to sell the other on their idea. And so I think that when you learn to really listen to someone else and really understand what's moving them and what's driving them, you can really you can get whatever it is that you want. (laughs) And that's ultimately what drove me in sales is I have a quota that I'm looking to meet and I'm trying to find a bunch of people um, who who are looking for the thing that it is that I'm selling. But it all really starts with listening, which comes back to our original point um, at the top of the show um, about where my wisdom comes from. And it's really being able to sit and listen and hear what it is that is going on around you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what are some of the things that you capture when you're listening that makes it so, just say, intrinsically important for you to utilize that? And I guess I won't say ammunition, but you utilize that to your advantage 
could you give us some ideas of, of you know, what those things may be, maybe one or two uh, examples? Yeah. So when I'm speaking with someone, I'm looking for something that they say, or I'm listening, I should say, I'm listening for something that makes me say, hmm. So, you know, when you're in, when you work in an industry for any period of time, when you do something um, for any length of time, you start to notice patterns. And so I'm looking for that pattern interruption. And that's very much what marketing is, right? Marketing is about creating a, mar- a pattern interruption. I'm looking for what I was expecting someone to say for it no- for them not to say it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm mm-hmm. looking for something that's like, hmm, that's interesting. Let's dig into that. And it's really interesting that one of my clients ended up calling me the Oprah of sales because I think I learned a lot of my questioning skills from Oprah herself. You know, Oprah is the kind of person who is listening, listening, listening. And then she says, now that is something important. Let's go down that path, right? So Oprah comes to an interview prepared, but she's also prepared at any moment to go where the conversation leads her. And so I think when you are listening to someone, right, you you really have to empty your mind of your preconceived notions and really listen for something that is the unexpected, right? So if you are going into a a sales situation and you're like, you know what? I know exactly what their problems are, but they say something different. That is the thing you need to latch onto. And that is the thing that you want to unravel so that you properly understand the other person. Um, Because if you are, it's one of the things I'm always telling my clients is in order for someone, for you to be seen, you first have to see that the root word of seen is see. And I think so many people, when they're going into a sales conversation, when they are going into an argument with a friend or with a partner, um, they are so focused on, you need to see me, right? You, I need to feel Mm -hmm. seen. But if you go into the conversation, say, my goal is to see you. My goal is to get to the root of exactly what is going on then both of you are going to leave that conversation with so much more than if your goal is for them to see you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, very, very well stated. I mean, I, uh, I certainly, <clears throat> you know, can respect where you're coming from with regards to looking at things that, that obviously have a uniqueness and pattern or some type of disruption based on the way that you would perceive you know, things should go, like you said, if you're going into it well prepared. And in a lot of cases, when you uh, when you go into these various situations, particularly um, for me, I'm going to use podcasting in general. Um, it, it is re- really where the conversation goes, because in a lot of cases, you could prepare for going down one path, but it could be that one unique moment that really shifts the momentum in the conversation that allows for you to really carry the story in a way that maybe was unexpected. It was even unexpected to the featured guests. And uh, I love doing that. (laughs) Exactly. And I think that's where wisdom is knowing what you know, but also know and being humble enough to know that there is so much on the other side of what it is that, you know, Um, it's, 
it's understanding or living enough of life where you do not traverse it with the idea that you know everything. Um, It's at least where a lot of my wisdom comes from. It comes from just paying attention, um, paying attention and being willing to be a little bit uncomfortable in order to um, learn something new. I mean, I spend a lot of time, especially with all everything that was happening racially over the last year, really listening. And when I say listen, like reading the comment sections, for instance, of what people were saying that were very racially charged. Um, mm-hmm. Because I think that we're in a time where we can be very dismissive of what someone else is thinking or feeling or trying to say. And it's not, and it's just in general, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that that dismissive nature has found its way into how we do business, has found its way into our personal relationships, our professional relationships. And so, again, it it boils back to what I was saying, where we have to come into conversations and interactions with an openness um, and not being so rigid because I am who I am because I've came, I've come into so many situations with an openness to learn something um, and to grow and to, when it comes to business, hopefully add um, to the, the benefit of, of someone interacting with me. Sure. Sure. And I, I think that brings up such a, uh, such a valuable point uh, with regard to some of the things that I've noticed um, in our engagement, because it's almost like, you know, in the silence, you can hear the whispers of the souls. I mean, some of your posts, and I've even commented to you about this, some of your posts that you've put out there on LinkedIn, I said, oh my God. I mean, it's like, you know, they're very heartfelt. They're very, very, you know, I won't say brass, but they are, they are, they're to the point in a way where people just got to go, Oh yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's that just, to me, it, it astonishes me in, in, in an extremity to a point to where, you know, sometimes people perceive LinkedIn to be, well, it's all got to be about business or, you know, you better not, you better not be to this or to that. You got to be kind of like always in the middle of the fairway and you've always got to say the right thing. And I love it when your posts come out and, and sometimes you're just, you have something you want to get off your chest and and it <laughs> and it always is the perfect timing is the perfect moment and it really has allowed for you know guys like myself who's always been out there kind of watching and you know you know trying to be you know somewhat of an influencer in in certain aspects of things that that I enjoy and really it helps kind of set the stage to say you know what there is room for us regardless there's room to be different there's rooms to have those type of opinions. There's rooms to come at things politically correct, but also make sure that they also are relevant in the context of getting your message across. And I think you do that in 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 the best, you know, tee shot that I've ever seen Tiger Woods hit. I mean, it's just like you're right in the middle of the fairway. I mean, don't quote me on that one. <laughs> <laughs> If you haven't seen the ESPN documentary on Tiger, it is well worth your time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, 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 I've, I've seen that. I've seen that. Yeah. That, uh, that was really, really good. But uh, 
But as we're getting close to, to wrapping up here, Belinda, I, I guess there's a couple of things left that I have on, on my mind that I really would like to kind of uh, discuss with you. So when you have this, this kindling spirit speaking, you know, that says, hey, I've got something on my mind. Is that like an emotional type of something that grabs hold of you? Or is it more like an inward outward type of circumstance that that you deal with when you have something that you want to say? Mm-hmm. I would so is just, there like a tr- is there like a trigger, I guess that's that's more along the lines of the question. Yeah, I wouldn't say that there's necessarily a trigger, mm-hmm. but there might be. So I, I would, I would compare it to walking down the street and you walk past a store and you're just you're not even really looking at the store window, but something kind of catches the corner of your eye. That's mm-hmm. that's me when it comes to just you know where I'm walking and I'm like something stops and now I have to walk backwards. I'm like, what did I just see? what I just saw, or, you know, did I just hear you say what I think I heard you say? And Mm -hmm. oftentimes it will happen again and again. And by the fourth or fifth time, I'm like, okay, I, I need to address this because for whatever reason, um, something inside of me is saying that I need to speak out about this or do this or, you know, reorganize the kitchen, whatever it might be. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Um, right. I would say triggers for me in terms of me speaking out and those, you know, um, the Tiger Woods shot is when I feel like people are purposefully or ignorantly um, mm-hmm. missing the point. Sure. Right? So mm-hmm. I think that we've all seen it online. Any Anyone who's part of a marginalized community, whether it's based on your race or um, your ethnicity or your gender or, you know, your, the, your class, um, where I feel like it, it, it's, this, it's this internal drive to clear the record. Um, mm-hmm. There was something that happened to me last year and not a particular event, um, but with everything that was going on where Mm -hmm. I had to make a choice around, um, you know, who, who do I want to be for me? Right. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. when I started to speak out, I'm not going to lie. I was feeling afraid of what the ramifications would be. Right. I sure, liked playing sure. middle of the field. It felt safe. Um, mm-hmm. But it was one of those situations where, you know, and why I'm so passionate about helping others really claim their space and their confidences per- within their personal brand and how it is that they show up. Because at the end of the day, and what I've told my friends since I was a teenager is that when you put your head down on the pillow, who you're the one who has to live with who you are and all of the decisions that you make. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when I started to speak up, it was because I stopped, I stopped liking the fact that I was seeing something and not doing something or saying something about it. I didn't like the woman who was putting her head down on her pillow because she was just minding her own business. And so mm-hmm. I think those are some of the things that you have to really think about in terms of who, when you're building a personal brand and you're trying to create content, um, you know, are you proud of who you are? 
Are -hmm. you proud of who you're representing to the world? And Mm -hmm. now I can say that I'm fully 100% proud of who I am presenting to the world. Um, And then some, and I want, and I want everyone to feel that way, whether they work with me or not. And that only comes from being true to yourself and being willing to accept the consequences of being someone who has an opinion um, because there Mm -hmm. are consequences to it. And um, there are consequences to being someone who doesn't have strong opinions. So you just have to decide which consequence you're willing to take. Right. Right. Very well stated. Very well stated. I, I, I love listening to, to your, your wisdom, man. I mean, I tell you, it's, uh, it's, it's right on point. It's up there. And so mm-hmm. since it's up there, you know, I've been holding this surprise off for you to the very end. And I think we're ready to share that surprise with you. So what we've done is we've kind of rescripted an old classic. And of course, I'm not a very good singer, so I'm not <laughs> going to try to sing. But since we've rescripted this old classic, I'm going to read it to you. And I think it basically falls right into the lap of putting you on the mantle with all of the other wisdom whispers in the world. We're putting you on that pedestal today. And so the song goes like this. When LinkedIn finds itself in troubled times, Belinda comes to us speaking the words of wisdom. Let it be. And in our hours of darkness, she stands right in front of us, speaking the words of wisdom. Let it be. 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 Words of wisdom. Let it be. Now, that was taken from the Beatles, and I'm sure Paul McCarthy would go, Greg, you you butchered my song. But that was something that we were saving for you (laughs) because... The wisdom whisper, I mean, that that just resonates with that song, you know, let it be. And uh, this has been a wonderful, wonderful opportunity to have a moment with you to share, you know, just something that I know it's near and dear to you. And before we wrap up, you know, I, we know you offer coaching services and mentor services and training and all these other great things. How can people get in contact with you? Thank you. So for everything focused on LinkedIn, you can find me on my company, my company's website at salesfluence.co. And you can find me on LinkedIn at Belinda Aramity. And if you want to see some more of my laid back uh, wisdom whispering moments that don't come every few months, but happen basically every day, I encourage you to follow me on Instagram, which is at Belinda Aramity. Um, that's where you'll catch me on stories and I'll vent about things and, you know, just learn, as, I'll take you on the journey as I learn to be unapologetically myself. You know, I think when it comes to um, who we are as people, um, you know, being unapologetic doesn't mean that you have to be mean, rude, or crass. It just means, like I said a few moments ago, that you're willing to accept the consequence that not everyone is going to love everything that you say or that you do, but let it be because it'll be just fine. (laughs) Oh, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Well, listen, we certainly, uh, 
certainly uh, greatly, greatly appreciate you coming on board, sharing your wisdom with us. I mean, as I said, you know, you've always been a been a dear friend. I like collaborating with my friends because it it brings me so much joy and so much pleasure to uh, to take things to the next level in a very sincere manner. And uh, I I do really appreciate you being on board for for this. And so Thank to our so listeners, much. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. To our listeners, uh, this has been episode 100 entitled The Wisdom Whisperer. Thank you very much. Please be safe out there, everyone. Take care and bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to Cut to the Chase. Stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and LinkedIn at Cut to the Chase. You'll also find even more great content on our website at www.k2tcpodcast.com. Thank you and catch you on the next episode.